Welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. Well, I told you that full moon in Taurus was going to be a doozy, and well, sadly, it was. And we have more turbulence in the cosmic tide coming up this week and all the way through November. And I am going to give you some skinny on the astrology because that's what I do. But I'm also going to talk about the geopolitical situation because just in case you didn't know, because we have a whole bunch of new listeners, I am a political analyst who specialized in the Middle East. No, I haven't worked for the government. I went private sector and I worked in the Middle East for nine years. So I know a thing or three. Okay. It's been really frustrating. I'm not going to lie. I watch these, you know, armchair pundits and mostly white guys, you know, with their reading of the newspaper and thinking they have an insight. And I'll tell you, newspapers aren't where you find policy. Newspapers are where you find propaganda. It's always been that way. Okay. William Randolph Hearst kicked it off. He was the Rupert Murdoch of his time. And so people talk about media literacy, but they still don't know how to read through print media at all to find what is propaganda and what isn't. So I'll be talking about some strategies with you, what you can do if you're concerned by the events in the world. Um, And I'll talk about things even in more specific about the geopolitical events on the patron only podcast. Why? Well, Sometimes when I talk about sensitive subjects, I don't want it out on public platforms. I'm going to put it behind the gateway because if you're going to troll me, you're going to pay me. Although I'm a little concerned, guys. Not now. It wasn't you. I know it wasn't you. But I put up a story today and I was absolutely floored by a handful of people. It wasn't the majority of commenters, but a handful of people who just seemed deliberately obtuse when I suggested we all contact the Democratic National Committee and put pressure on them to get some policy change in the moment. And uh, (laughs) the amount of people who didn't get it. So I'll talk about that first on the podcast. Um, In the next segment, we'll talk about political strategies for change and things that'll actually work because what I'm hearing is a lot of very tired rhetoric and calls to action that we know are not always effective. And so I've got a strategy that I think just might work because they never expect this one. So if you're a patron, you probably already know because I posted in the discord, but I'll talk about it here because I think it's that important. And then we're going to talk about November 4th with the um, with Saturn stationing direct, because that's going to be a big day. And then we've got Venus moving into Libra, which, you know, all the pop astrologers are going to be, oh, peace and harmony and love are showing up. Forgetting that Libra rules justice. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that calm. So we'll talk about that and all the rest of the shenanigans as Mars swings through Scorpio because it is now moving out of opposition. It's still it's in a separating opposition with um, Jupiter in Taurus. 
but it's moving into an opposition now with Uranus, and that is really explosive energy. Very, very explosive. I think we're very, very lucky that Jupiter and Uranus are retrograde right now. I think if they were direct, all hell would be breaking loose. So any constraint that's going on um, right now is, is really keeping us from teetering past a point of no return. I think we still have room to get some breaks on the situation, but the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking and Saturn represents time. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, had a great four hour workshop today with a bunch of wonderful students. It was a great class, really wonderful. We, it's called healing the money wound using astrology. And, uh, it's a very practical application of astrology because I, I believe in being an applied astrologer because intellectual knowledge doesn't do you any good unless you know how to use it. You're going to have, I, I, in theory, know how to change a tire. If I don't practice changing a tire, well, it's going to be not as easy, right? We have it in our head, but until we try things or apply things, then it's just trapped, right? So I believe in learning the theory, learning the knowledge and then applying it and in meaningful ways that grant us agency and it was just a really empowering class uh, the students enjoyed it I loved it maybe I'll read a little section of the workbook that I still have to complete I have I have very forgiving students um, but it's, it's gonna be super cool by the time I'm done with it um, I'll read you a little bit here on the podcast and a little bit more in the uh, patron-only podcast so you can kind of get an understanding of what we're teaching here at the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. All right, so we'll, of course, do our patron shout-outs. I'm not going to do a little shout-out, this one. I've not done them because we're talking about very grown-up things, okay? Um, I have yet to be able to record the kids' stories and I'm way too tired to tonight, Sunday night, to do it. Um, in fact, <laughs> I'm going to faceplant once I'm done with this episode. Uh, but I will be reading the Wizard of Oz books, I promise, in a separate podcast so that the littles have a place to go that is safe. Okay? Because I know personally how Vietnam impacted me as a toddler when I saw it on the news. My mom didn't let me watch the news, but somebody at my grandma's house let me watch the news. And I had nightmares and nightmares and nightmares for weeks. And I honestly remember the nightmares. I don't remember seeing the television. I remember the nightmares and they were horrifying. Um, and isn't it sad that we have once again, children being bombed? And um, my very first protest letter was, Dear Mr. President, war is bad. Don't bomb children. I think I broke kids because kids were shorter because I was very, very young. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, dear Mr. President, don't bomb children. Right? Our money going to them. So we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah. N not a fan of, of, of genocide on this podcast. So if you can excuse genocide, you probably don't want to listen to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. All right, let's get on with the show.
Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you guys a couple of really exciting things before I get into some political strategy and understanding why we need to do this. Uh, first of all, the podcast has reached a top 3% of podcasts globally episode last week. We just blew it out of the water. Thank you, listeners. Second of all, we have the wonderful McKinsey as my guest today. I can't believe I forgot her in the intro. Told you I was tired. We had a wonderful conversation. So don't worry. It might be, I'm going to load you with the heavy stuff at the beginning of the podcast. And then you get to listen to a really cool episode um, with me and McKenzie here. And we're talking about Brittany. We're talking about a bunch of stuff. We're talking about growing and healing and and all sorts of good stuff. But since the other uh, astrologers got to talk about Brittany's chart in the patron-only podcast, I decided we'd do one a little bit in general here about Brittany Spears. Um, since she's published her book, I feel a little more ethically okay with that. And then we did a much more in-depth look at Brittany. And I think we looked at... Um, I can't remember who else we looked at. Oh, we looked at, we talked a little bit about Miley and then we talked about Taylor a little bit and, and some other stuff. We answered a lot of astrology questions. So if you're a patron, make sure you fill out the Google form. I just put out a, just a plain old link to the Google form where you can put your questions for the podcast in, uh, because we're, we're finally running low. We're finally running low. We're catching up. How exciting is that? So let's talk about November. Um, well, before November, we have today, Monday, the 30th of October. And we probably wake up to some very interesting news um, because oh, I don't know, for the last couple of hours, the moon has been in opposition to Uranus. I fully expect there's some pretty ugly shenanigans happening abroad in Palestine where genocide is being committed. Um, it's, it's egregious what's happening there that, and that anyone can justify it is beyond me as a Jewish person. I, I am absolutely horrified that anyone could justify that genocide that anyone could dehumanize people and cause such immense suffering um it's just uh it's it's disgusting um if you want to know about the israel's chart and netanyahu's chart i did that in a patron only episode as well because again that stuff goes into the patreon you want to troll me you gotta pay me so, <clears throat> speaking of that geopolitical situation, before I get to the November astrology, I want to talk to you about some strategies. Like, if you're feeling helpless right now, one, it is not anti-Semitic to speak out against genocide. I think we've all figured that out now. Um, it's also not anti-Semitic to call it an apartheid state. Okay. It was considered an apartheid state in the 1980s and 1990s. Uh, there's been a lot of revisionism in the last 20 years. Uh, President Carter 
named it aptly a genocide, sorry, not a genocide ball. I'm sure he would call it a genocide, but an apartheid state. Nelson Mandela equivocated it. When I was in university in the late 80s, there were two countries in the world that were considered apartheid states. One of those was South Africa and the other was Israel. And Israel contributed greatly to the South African apartheid government. Okay. So it's funny when people don't want us to hear the history. All right. That it is not anti-Semitic to bring up a fact. Okay. Now, lumping all of one people as a certain kind or othering, that's not okay. We don't do that. <clears throat> that's how genocides happen. If you ever wondered what you do in World War II or before it started, well, here we are. You are faced with the same energy. You are faced with the same conundrums that your grandparents or great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents were faced with, depending on how old you are. So <clears throat> here's, here's the thought. Now, there's a lot of people saying they won't vote for Biden. And on an ethical level and a principled level, man, I agree with you. I didn't like him to start with. I know he's a moldy old baked potato, okay? But he wasn't as bad as the clown, right? Kind of. I mean, I knew he was a very much a warmonger. He's, he's never been a anyone good at diplomacy. He's not a diplomat. I've never forgiven him for letting Clarence Thomas sit on the bench. He did not oppose Clarence Thomas. He did, in fact, he harassed and and really ridiculed Anita Hill during the Clarence Thomas hearings to get him, you know, on the bench. And so, and he's got an abysmal record with minority groups and marginalized people. Oh, he's pro-union. Well, talk to the railroad workers because he kind of threw them under the bus. I mean, God forbid you want paid time off, right? So now not voting for him is a mistake if he's running, okay? Because having this very theocratic, possibly aligned to Russia party um, is, is not a good thing. But I'm not going to tell you what the armchair pundits are telling you. I'm going to put my political analyst hat on and tell you a smart strategy. You know how they tell you to call your representatives and senators and, you know, they usually, you know, they'll, they'll listen. It works. Put pressure on them. And yet... You know, if you live in a red district, if you live in a corporatist bootlicking Democrats district, you know you're only going to get so far. What they probably do not want you to do is call the Democratic National Committee, the DNC. Okay. Now, patrons, I put the phone number for the DNC's office in the Discord. It's on the website, but it's in like three point font. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, they don't want calls. I think we should all call them. And I really think we need to tell them I will not vote for a president 
contributing to genocide. I do not want my tax dollars spent on genocide. Okay. And what you want to do is demand he retire. Now, he, they're not going to push him to retirement, guys. Okay. And it will not make us end up with Trump. I did a story on TikTok about this and people like flipped out on me. And, and honestly, they didn't listen to the whole video is all I can think of. So the reason why we want to call for his retirement and, and not just say, I'm not going to vote for him because what they hear then is, oh, good. We've got a year to get ready. But by saying, I want him to retire now. Okay. That pushes policy change. It's a strategy. He's not going to retire. That's not going to happen. Okay. It's just not going to happen. If you want to know about Biden's chart, it's in the Patreon. Check the show notes for the link. Um, Biden, Biden ain't going anywhere. He's got a Taurus moon. He's just going to sit there stubborn until he can't move. So the only time that man has switched positions is at the end, after it's no longer tolerable or fashionable to hold where he's at. He didn't change his stance on gay marriage until after the Supreme Court ruled on it. Um, he would, he would not be pro-life if he didn't have to be. He has been really horrible to marginalized communities in general. Um, not much has changed in the way of how, you know, uh, immigrant families are treated, you know? So yeah, when they get across the border, I know everybody complains about the border guys. We've got so much empty land here. What are you talking about? People don't go and don't flee their country unless they have a damn good reason. I don't think people get it. They don't just come here because, Oh, I want to mess up this place. They come here because being in Venezuela or Guatemala or Panama or Colombia or wherever they're coming in from isn't safe for them or their families. They take tremendous risks. And this scarcity mindset that we all possess is why we're in this situation to start with. So why do we want to push for that retirement? Why do we want to threaten that? We want to threaten it because one, our tax dollars are going to a genocide. Every bullet, every plane, every plane flying over, every every bomb, every missile, every dead child, every destroyed family, every broken house. We paid for that. Don't what about Hamas me at this point? Okay. Don't, because they're not targeting Hamas. They're flattening a country. They are committing war crimes. It is even non-debatable at this point. And they're trying to spin the narrative of what about. There's no equivalency in equality in this. One is a government with an organized military. The other is is kind of a ragtag band of, of people who may have committed some of what the Israeli government said, but there's starting to, there's evidence coming out now that uh, some of what was claimed wasn't true. What did I tell you? I told you. And then today Netanyahu coming out and saying, um, 
you know, he blamed the security or intelligence forces for it, and then he quickly took down the tweet. Ah, ah, yeah, no. There's a whole lot that doesn't smell right with this. And we are complicit in it. We as a nation are complicit in war crimes. We are funding war crimes. There are humanitarian crimes, crimes against humanity happening. And there are um, war crimes militarily. You don't bomb civilians, like warning them isn't good enough. And, and the claim they're trying to get to terrorists, it's, you know, if they wanted to extract the hostages, they could have spent in, sent in some tactical teams. That would have been the ideal way to do that. Carpet bombing <laughs> with questionable weapons uh, is probably not good. And the United States bringing in a very provocative amount of military presence to the region um, really shows we kind of, we really want a war. This is not defensive behavior. This is offensive behavior. And last I checked, it's not like, you know, pink is the new black. Uh, striking first is, is not the new defense, even though we keep claiming that. So preemptive defense is a ridiculous concept. And before you argue with me, I'm going to say, you know, any woman who has been groped, fondled, um, essayed, uh, should then carry baseball bats as they walk down the street. And any man, any man, whether he's looking her direction or walking towards her or touching her or saying anything like just minding his own being swags across the street doesn't matter he could hurt her so we should all take those baseball bats and go for knees we should hit any man we see because he has the potential to harm us that is exactly the logic being used i've heard a lot of domestic violence arguments but you know i'm gonna make it even more ridiculous any woman should be carrying a baseball bat and just be like oh it's a man he's a threat bap how do you how far do you think we'd get with that that's not self-defense that's assault and battery right which i'm not advocating for it was a silly example to prove a point so what are you gonna do call the dnc and then tell them you want Biden to retire, that he has put our national security risk at the worst it's been since the Bay of Pigs. The Bay of Pigs got us very, very close to doomsday. And other analysts are saying we are closer to doomsday on that clock than we have ever been. And we are. That is one of the reasons I looked very, very strained earlier in the month. That's why I've been quiet is... I've been analyzing everything as a political analyst. Remember, I specialized in the region. And when Turkey made its statements yesterday, which fascinatingly, Turkey had its solar return exactly during the eclipse, which is a little trippy. So we'll see what's going on with Turkey. But that could indicate a war. Okay. And they stood firmly in favor of the Palestinians. The uh, Israeli government withdrew their diplomats. 
that that is the precursor of of you know something getting started and that makes the situation extremely volatile extremely volatile now i've i've told you we're not going to be in global thermal nuclear war and i firmly believe that i firmly believe we dodge that bullet however i did say it would be a potential global conflict brewing well here it is we have i don't even know that we have days to make an impact but if you all call the dnc and demand biden's retire, uh, retirement kamala harris is it would be president and no it does not promote every single person in line for the presidency a vice president would be chosen okay that's how that works don't let people scare you okay the tired rhetoric of well we don't have a viable candidate or kamala hasn't said very much while biden was president that's because that's her job she's vice president she's not supposed to outshine the president do i think she would have tremendously different policies than biden some things yes some things no but she is a lawyer and i think we might see a change in direction just for the prospect of winning the election against the republicans because we don't want the republicans to win do not cut your face off uh, your nose off to spite your face okay don't do that it's it's not gonna help and do show up to vote don't let the damn Democrats disenfranchise you do again. They do it every election cycle. Every four years, they get people's hopes up, and then they crush them upon the rocks of apathy, and then they blame the Republicans. <clears throat> and they refuse to listen to the Democrats, and when we're critical, they like to say that, you know, we're just conservatives. I am a leftist. Make no mistake. And then you probably hear, but what about Trump? Trump might be president then. Well, again, I don't see Biden retiring. I see him making a turn on policy, but you realize he's old enough that if he killed over Kamala's president. And um, I, it, well, God, I heard one guy saying a couple months back, well, we didn't vote for her. Mm, yeah, actually you did. That's, that's what you voted for. You voted for a president and a vice president she was elected and what do you think the vice president is for they do some things they keep them busy but they're really the spare okay in case something happens to the president so why do you think they picked a much younger person who has pretty damn good bona fides you know her credentials are pretty damn good so i think she's pretty qualified you don't have to like her policies we're not gonna like anybody's policies don't look at a third party right now and i'm not talking about splitting the vote although that's important they would not win the electoral college people need to stop fantasizing about the popular vote and understand we ain't getting rid of the electoral college anytime soon so until we do there there's a system in play but if you call the democrat national committee tell them you are a registered democrat 
and that you would like Joe Biden to resign because he has been leading the charge in supporting a genocide in real time. And you do not want your tax dollars going to the deaths of over 7,000 Palestinians, almost half of them children, as far as they can tell and count. They haven't gotten everybody out from under the rumble. Right? So these are all important things to remember. So it's about forcing change. It's, it's called brinksmanship. All right. It's called brinksmanship. You're, you're going to just basically throw down an ultimatum. It might get some diplomacy started. It might get it through. You could mention the 37% approval rating, which is really bad. Um, if you're in the Discord, uh, one of our members, uh, let me see if I can find the post. Um, let's see. I think it's under current events. Let's see. Oh, yeah. This was from the Magnolia Bee. And she's got a beautiful Libra Mercury. So as she, she pointed out, I'm just going to read her post from our Discord. The key points are to stick to the facts, stay professional and focused, and do not use threatening language. Quantity over length, and so you can mix and match any of the current war crimes into a script or over the course of your calls. My name is, and I am a resident of, I am a Democrat, and one of the two-thirds of Americans who support a ceasefire in Gaza. If you're an independent, mention that as well. Um, over the course of the last several weeks, over 7,700 civilians in Gaza have been killed, half of which are children. Gaza is without food, water, or fuel, and they are facing a collapse of their healthcare system, leaving vulnerable citizens in extreme risk. Um, yeah, I am calling to request, here's another way you could say it. I, I would lead, I'm calling to request urgently that the DNC ask Biden to step aside and allow, allow, I would just say allow Kamala, because if he steps aside, we're not having a new election. Kamala becomes president and then they appoint a vice president. Okay. She's more than qualified. Get the internalized misogyny out of the way. Okay. There was a lot of rhetoric thrown at her during the demo or not rhetoric, but kind of untruth spread about her during the, the primaries. Cause I know I, I almost fell for it. And then I went and I did research and I was like, mm, kind of sort of not quite. Am I going to agree, agree with her on anything? No, not, not most things, but I think we would get some different headway. Um, with Biden, who has always been a war hawk. Okay. He's always been gung ho for the action. I don't know. Maybe I watched a lot of World War II movies as a kid. I don't know. But it, his mindset is, is very 20th century, and we need somebody with a 20th century, 21st century mindset. So 
I do not, you, you want to say very clearly, I do not intend to vote for President Biden in the 2024 election in the wake of this crisis and urge the DNC to choose a candidate that reflects the majority of the values of the American citizens. Thank you. I would just ask for him to retire right now too. I think if we, we want to up the ante, we want to be bold on this. Um, we have to demand that party do better. We can't do a whole lot with the GOP, but we can demand that the Democrats do better. And the more people who call, and like I said, the font on their website is like three point font. Um, <laughs> it's teeny tiny. I had to like really magnify it on my phone to get it. But it, I copied it and pasted it into the Discord and I'll put it in uh, the patron post that I put up. I always put up free post with the podcast episode. I'll put that up and then we'll do that. But yeah, yeah, this is serious stuff, guys, because um, beyond us watching in real time, a genocide being reported on by citizen journalists who are putting their lives at risk. They're just regular people, you know, they're not trained for this. They're, they're doing it the hard way. Um, and I don't know about you, but I sit and pray for multiple young people to be alive every morning, you know, and of course all of the Palestinians as well, but let one or two of these reporters, because, you know, some of them are younger than my kids, you know. I can't imagine, nor should anyone have to imagine, that kind of terror. So it's up to us. It's up to us. If we don't start getting in our butts in gear now, 2024 is really going to suck. All right. I think I've talked on long enough about that and a little longer than I was going to. This is going to be a long episode, so hopefully our commute goes well. I am not getting Starbucks. Um, we could stop at Dunkin's or even better, a locally owned coffee roasters that does fair trade shade grown coffee. Can we do that, please? Mm, maybe with the weather getting cooler, I'll have a raspberry mocha. Yes, with the whipped cream. That sounds really good. All right. All right, we'll talk about no November coming up next. All right, let's look at the astrology of November and how it relates to what's going on in the world. Oh, well... November 1st, the moon enters Cancer. November 1st, the moon enters Cancer. So it will be starting to make trines to everything in Scorpio. And on the 3rd, late on the 3rd, so evening time uh, Pacific, it might be early hours of the morning Eastern, we will have the moon in opposition with Pluto. And in a sextile with Uranus, that we're pro that's probably another really volatile day in the Middle East. And then the moon moves into Leo on the 4th. 
around the same time as Saturn stationing direct. Uh, yeah, it's within a minute of each other. That's very curious. That's very curious. Um, now, that makes it in conjunct. And so it's kind of, kind of, sort of not energy between the moon and, and Saturn. But Saturn stationing direct. So it'll station... Okay, it stations at 12.03. Once it starts moving direct, then it's it's moving forward. Anytime a planet stations, it's really, really intense. Okay, I did a TikTok video about that. If you're not following me on TikTok, you can do that at the Awake Space or at Astro Lori. Try to remember to get it into the podcast notes. If not, just... Go look up the Awake Space. Yes, there's a lot of copycats, but I'm the one with over 100,000 followers. So most of the fakes have like 200 or two. That would be funny if the fakes had more than me, but uh, 2,000. You know, so I check it. I don't follow back. I don't DM. Mostly for your protection. You know, it's rare if I follow back. Um... On the 8th, Venus enters Libra. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, to me, that's that's not peace, love, and light. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It doesn't get hot and dicey till later in that transit, towards the end of that transit, which isn't until December. So, you know, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but it will square off with Pluto. So I think, I think we're in for some hot and heavy stuff. I think we're in for some hot and heavy action when it comes to world events to continue. I, I, I'm just not seeing it calm down unless we put pressure on the Democrats to, to, to cool it. Uh, because when I, it's, uh, it's a mess and it's horrific. And the situation is really, really volatile. You know, and it it puts us really, really close to a global war. And it's it's interesting to watch the restraint happen because people don't want a global war. Nobody wants that. Um, except the people escalating, which would be Israel and the United States. We, we are being provocative. None of that is defense. None of it. Like I said at the beginning, it, you know, why don't we all walk around with baseball bats? Use that as our excuse because, you know, somebody could hurt me. That doesn't fly in any way, shape, or form. So we're kind of getting away with murder there, literally. Um, so let's see, what are the rest of our ingresses? Then I'll talk about the new and full moons. Uh, we've got Mercury moving into Sagittarius on the ninth. So it's interesting from the fourth to the ninth, we've got Saturn stationing direct, Venus moving into Libra and Mercury moving into Sag. This may be when diplomacy starts to take a little bit more of an impact okay so when mercury enters sag it could also be fighting words <laughs> so we'll see 
We'll see. I'll keep you up to date on the podcast. Then the sun moves into Sagittarius on the 22nd. And on the 24th, I personally am excited about this. Mars moves into Sagittarius. Into a square with Saturn. (laughs) So I'm not excited about the Mars square Saturn. I'm currently kind of living that at the moment. Because I have an early degree Sagittarius Mars. And it's... It's been interesting, <clears throat> but um, on a mundane level, that's a that's a little volatile. So I, I kind of expect this conflict to continue to escalate through through the end of the year. Um, I know that there's probably like you're not hearing everything that's going on. The UN stuff is is very surface level. There is probably a lot of very intense diplomatic um, goings on, right? That would be my bet. So what are some of the other volatile days? Because remember, those are just, you know, when we have planetary ingresses and an ingress is when a planet moves from one sign to another. That's always a, a, a representation of volatile energy. So, like I said, the first, the moon moves into Cancer, which I'm betting the third evening, which is, what, that's Friday night. That's going to be a little volatile. And then on the fourth, the moon is in Leo. And, um, yeah, eh. the moon is in Libra, the ninth through the 11th. And so early hours of the morning of the 11th, okay, or around midday Eastern, we'll have the moon in Libra squaring off with Pluto. That's always volatile. And that could be like maybe there's some peace talks or ceasefire talks and they break down. Or it could be, um, I don't know, there'll be there'll be some justice striking. I haven't looked at these charts. I'm just giving you my first thoughts as I look through the month. Um, again, I'll keep you up to date on the details. And then the new moon in Scorpio happens on the 13th the 13th i'm sure all of the pop astrologers out there will be like did you know we have a full moon on the 13th it's the 13th of friday i don't think it is no it's a monday so they'll be like they won't make a big deal out of it because unless it was friday the 13th you know it's not ominous enough but let's take a look at november 13th and that full moon in scorpio the full moons have been so raunchy in 2023 that's why we do the full moon ceremony and uh it's just wild Ooh, yeah so that's oh boy <laughs> oh you know what Matt? you know when i start to cackle what that means right <laughs> oh it's a shit show so um, this could be, I would, I would almost lay odds that on November 13th at about 1.27 a.m. Pacific, if not before, okay, 
because it could be before. It could be the day before. But I think we see escalation if we haven't already. Because we will have the new moon in Scorpio conjunct Mars in Scorpio in opposition to Jupiter. Not Jupiter. Uranus in Taurus. Sorry, I was looking at Jupiter. Um, but it'll be in opposition. That new moon is in opposition to Uranus. And that is just... God... That's just, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get any sleep anytime soon. Um, well, I guess I'm supposed to be making you feel better, aren't I? All right. So that's very explosive. It's very, very explosive. I don't, it's hard to imagine how it could get worse in Gaza. Um, my guess, actually, my guess is it, this could be Turkey entering the game. This could be another country entering the game. Um, you know, it probably is. It probably is. I'm betting that's exactly what it is. It's, it could be another country because we'll have Mercury still square um, Saturn. And so I don't think there's going to be any diplomacy that's working. I just don't. And when I'm looking at this chart, let me just get it to the... <sighs> just after that new moon. Yeah. Yeah, this... Oh. Yeah, I mean, just... A ha not even 15 minutes, 20 minutes after that new moon... You've got the moon in opposition di directly with Uranus. And um, I'll have to do a TikTok about this. This is really, really intense stuff. This is... Oh, I don't know that I'm all that thrilled about it. You can tell, huh? Well, I'll keep you up to date on that, too. We will obviously have a podcast about that because um, that would be a Tuesday. So that Monday podcast on the 12th will cover the new moon in Scorpio in depth. Um, and I'll probably talk about it next week as well. Um, oh, the late on the 17th and early on the 18th, We'll have the moon conjunct Pluto again. <sighs> Not my favorite. <laughs> oh, it's a nervous tick. I laugh when I'm scared. I laugh when I'm hurt. It's a weird reflex. Other people scream and cry, and I, I, I cackle like a crazy person. Um, yeah. So late on the 17th on the West Coast, early mornings on the East Coast of the 17th slash 18th, we have the moon conjunct Pluto, and it's in a sextile with the sun and Mars, and Mars and the sun are conjunct. That's another brutal day. I, I think we really are looking at a regional escalation. I'm going to remind you, we do not have global thermal nuclear war happening. I do not see that, but I very much do see an expansive, um, an expansive um, conventional war. 
you know. And the Palestinian people have been kind of reporting anecdotally that they're seeing new weapons, things they haven't seen before. And um, maybe we've been testing shit out. Who knows? Um, Man. Dun, 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 I'll stop. <laughs> I almost did. <coughs> Don't sing and swallow your spit at the same time. Okay. Um, yeah, the 19th and 20th are going to be intense, followed by the 23rd, which is Thanksgiving. There's going to be some intensity there because the moon and Aries will be squaring off with... Pluto, and it'll also be making an opposition with Venus, um, which can be good. I mean, there can be good stuff too. So again, I'm going to keep you up to date on this. Uh, 25th and then 26th morning will be intense into the afternoon. And then we've got another bumpy one on the 27th. At uh, 1.16 a.m. Pacific, we have the full moon in Gemini. I'll pull that chart here. Oh, and early December has some kind of crisis as well, because the moon in Cancer will be opposite Pluto again. I love it how, like, people who are skeptics will be like, Lori, it always happens, like, this much a month. Yeah, and it depends on the other transits, on what's happening, too. Sheesh. Sheesh. Like, if you don't know what you're talking about, hush, hush. I wish the political pundits would hush. I really do. But, yeah. Um, Let's see. November 27th, full moon in Gemini. Oh, look. Um, mm, guess what? Mars is conjunct the sun again. Oh, (laughs) and Venus is in a square with Pluto that day. That's great. That's just great. I'm feeling, I'm just feeling confident, feeling confident. Oh, and Mercury is square Neptune. I think we're going to see some crazy weather with this. We can see huge windstorms. Um, don't be surprised if you hear about the use of chemical weapons. I mean, we've already been hearing about white phosphorus. I don't know why anybody denies the use. The United States used it in Iraq. Like, has anybody forgotten Fallujah? I know some of you are a little young, but, you know, come on, guys. You know, this is, this is what gets me. Like, what's the point of learning all of this stuff intellectually? If, uh, if you don't, uh, you know, actually utilize it, but, uh, yeah. So, oh, November is, is a wild month. So we're not going to talk about December. We don't talk about December. Oh my, I think it's time for a Patreon shout out and then we will put 
for much lighter listening the conversation Mackenzie and I had yesterday, Saturday, during the full moon. We recorded that during the full moon, and it was a very lovely, transformative conversation. So we talked about what the full moon was like for us and what it was doing. And uh, we talk about Brittany and we answer some astrology questions and that'll wind up the podcast uh, for this week. And next week I will be guiding you through more cosmic tsunamis. to eat chia seeds anymore right before recording because um they, they don't help <laughs> when you... <laughs> oh anyway long story you don't need to hear it it is time for patron shout outs oh my gosh so many new patrons this month welcome welcome i'm super excited um trying to bust my butt to get this episode done for you guys so let's take a look at all of our new patrons we've got bobby yvonne jessica mary Kay, isabeau oh what a pretty name paola gabrielle marie leslie Liv, diana elena carmen chelsea laura liana maddie victoria jc Erica, Beverly, A.S. APZ, uh, Jessica, Emma, Jasmine, Jen, Austin, Danny, Liz, Stacy, Lorna, Rebecca, Sarah, Mandy, Alex, Christine, Jennifer, Nicole, Joyce, Mari, Maria, Jessica, Labravo, Sarah Jane, Jalisa, Taryn, Samantha, Allie, Amber, OK Irene, Bird, Ruben, Amber, Madonna, Roxana, or Roxana, Cookie, April, Julie, Sandy, Tina, Alethea, Jennifer, Rose, Anna, Nizzy, C.S., Danny, Jennifer, Ashley, Lisa, Kate, Christy, Tuella, Trudy, Tiffany, Firebreather77, Lustful Octopus, I love your username, Tanya, JC Skrilla, Elaine, or Elena, Ashley, Becky, Vieira, Nellie, and Susan. And if I didn't pronounce your name, let pronounce your name correctly, let me know. I try not to butcher everybody's names. I try not to, my friends. Oh, well, I have good news, patrons. Besides the podcast just doing really well, this is really exciting. You know, two years ago when I started it, well, we are, we're on our third season, right? Um, but in season one, it really was me and a phone <laughs> in the backyard talking to myself, thinking, meh, if a couple people listen, I'll be happy. And um, lo and behold, you know, I used to be excited with 30 listeners. That was exciting. And here we've had, gosh, <laughs> almost 4,000 
almost 4,000 listens last week to one episode. Just one. We've had, uh, let's see, we've had 145,000 listens this year, I think. It might be higher than that. I think I'm underestimating. I'll have to do the numbers and get them to you. It's just so exciting that so many of you are so eager to hear what we have to say here. So um, remember, patrons, without you, there is no me. There's still a couple of days left with a you know, this is the 30th and tomorrow is the 31st. You still can use your patron discounts on readings. Um, I will make sure those are up uh, for you guys. Again, I'll just copy those for your spooky season treats. And um, <laughs> Malcolm's being really weird. What are you doing? You're being a goober. Because um, he's being sneaky, and now he's pretending. He's like, do what was I doing? I'm like, I don't know. You're not up to no good, buddy. If you don't know who Malcolm is, he's he's my cute little scruffy dog. Um, I'll be moving. I'll be moving in about a week and a half. And then my daughter and I will be producing all kinds of cool content. So um, I'll be trying to get everything out to you as we move through the next couple of weeks I'm working on a bunch of content while trying to get all of that done um, so I'm going to beg your pardon if there's you know a delay in anything or what have you just because you know what moving's like but the outcome will be so worth it I can get all of the other uh, content made that I want to make including reading um the public domain books, the Wizard of Oz books for the littles, so they have something to tune into to spark the imagination. Because remember, worry is using your imagination in the wrong direction. And I know I, I really wouldn't have made it through my childhood without wonderful books like L. Frank Baum's books, the Wizard of Oz books, um, The Man in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas, you know, Count of Monte Cristo, the Narnia books. Um, oh my gosh, so many. You know, read a lot of H.G. Wells and and Walter Morley. You don't hear about him too much. E.B. White, who wrote more than Charlotte's Web. In fact, my favorite book, I think, when I was seven, was The Trumpet of the Swan. That was that was one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, having having a place to run to when things are hard and almost seem inescapable. You know, we kind of blame dissociation. We got to face reality. But, you know, if, if I hadn't dissociated as a kid, I, I wouldn't have made it. You know, I wouldn't have made it. So I kind of am very thankful I did. And it took a lot of work to be grounded and embodied in adulthood. But... But uh, sometimes a little bit of imagination, a little bit of wonder is exactly what it takes to shift the trajectory of something. And so don't lose hope, patrons. Never lose hope. It's a spark of light in the darkness. And sometimes that's just enough. 
let's listen to Mackenzie. She's got such a beautiful voice. We have a Mackenzie. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad on the patron only podcast that we were up all late and doing it. And I was like, wait, we talked about Brittany without McKinsey there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was resting my little eyes, having my dreams. Right. Your beauty sleep. Yes. <laughs> and oh I do love gosh. Brittany. I've loved right? her since I was little. Right. Well, you're our, you're our celebrity expert. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Only some. Yeah. So we are recording this about two hours before the full moon, about an hour and a half before the full moon now. Mm -hmm. um, how are you feeling? <laughs> um, I am feeling all the things. I don't know. I feel like I'm almost like on that scary part of the roller coaster and like you can't get off. You just got to like you know, brace and um, prepare and just kind of go with the energy and not resist it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. When we say not resist it, um, yeah. it it's an easy thing to say. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what do you do to kind of just accept the moment? Um, for me, I think I don't give in to like those, um, those like fearful thoughts I don't like give it energy I just kind of I'm like okay it is what it is um I say that a lot in my head it is what it is um mm -hmm. and just kind of breathing through it breathing helps a lot and um yeah drinking water um what I did yesterday is I put on some music and I like sang a lot and um singing is something that I just I don't do it enough but um it's something that I like to do. And so um, even just like moving my body and moving some of that nervous energy out, um, it helps mm -hmm. not resist things and just kind of, um, you know, you can only control what you can control. And um, yeah, so I just, I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's all you can do. Um, yep. What do you do? <laughs> um. <laughs> there's a reason I have to, I'm going to have to teach a class on resistance again, because um, yeah. I've been teaching classes on that for, oh my gosh, almost 20 years. Cause I'm really good at resisting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what makes you an expert? Well, I'm really good at being in resistance and getting out of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's almost a magnetic attraction when you're in resistance. It, it's almost like you're compelled either to watch a screen with bad news on it or mm -hmm. have conversations about subjects you'll notice you say word patterns I think word patterns are really important to listen to so if I find myself saying things like um I just can't take this you know mm -hmm. or um it's hard because I'm not in it right now yeah. uh my neck might hurt a lot mm -hmm. You know, because I have an old neck injury um, from when I was young and stupid. And uh, it, the muscles in my neck just become like stone. You mm -hmm. know? And so 
I have a massager. Oh yeah. That I will use. Um, it, it, man, those things have come a long way. You know, there's, there's one that almost feels like hands. It's kind of cool. Um, I will take a bath. Mm. Yeah. I will get my sorry self, even if I look like shit, into the car and take a drive. Even yeah. if it's to the grocery store and back. You know, just doing anything else and then allowing my brain to lock on. You know, you got to interrupt the, the pattern in the brain. Yeah. Um, breathing, breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. um, but I find if I'm really in resistance... Like, and, and that just means the, uh, I don't like what's going on. I feel helpless or I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelm is a form of resistance. Um, lethargy, like feeling like you can't get out of bed. That's a mm -hmm. form of resistance. You know, that's a pretty serious form of resistance because, mm -hmm. um, at that point there's not, you know, it's harder to switch the gears and man, I've been there. Yeah. Um, so it's just forcing yourself basically to go do something else for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, resistance is, is just not in acceptance of the moment. And, uh, yeah, life is full of experiences. You know, mm -hmm. just remembering that it's easier said than done because, right. you know, we don't acceptance is not condoning. Mm -hmm. yeah right. definitely and then making sure the energy is clear as much as the physical so we take care of our physical self and you know maybe oh malcolm you didn't oh okay yeah you're alive he ate my snacks i just noticed um <laughs> oh no <laughs> we'll see how that flaxseed goes down <laughs> um i'm sure it'll help We'll have yeah. interesting poops, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like Haley, um, did you eat? You know, mm -hmm. um, did you drink enough water? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe touch in, touch base with people who are in your support network. That's another good one. That's something I do. Mm -hmm. I think you kind of want to look to your Venus. Uh, because resistance usually means your Venus isn't being fed, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, you look to the things you, that lift you up a little bit, that meet your needs. Yeah. Um, that, that's important. And then uh, the other day, <clears throat> a, a friend had called and I was having the hardest time energetically. It just felt like I was getting beaten up. It just like I'd adjust and wham, adjust and wham, adjust and wham. And I was like, wow, you know, I, this year I've gotten smacked more than I've gotten smacked in probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. And well, no, in six years, this is, this is probably six, seven years. And, and, um, and my life is good. That's an important thing to take count, account of. Like, okay my life is okay you know there's there's drama sometimes but in general it's good mm -hmm. and taking account of that and not feeling guilty about it because that's very self-indulgent yeah. um easier said than done sometimes <laughs> um but 
all of a sudden my friend who is Seth, I was talking to Seth. He was on the podcast. Um, We love Seth. Yes. He's a sweetheart. Um, And he's like, what crystals do you have on? And I was like, I looked down and I was like, oh, you know, I should probably change them out. Mm -hmm. I don't have any of my onyx on. Mm-hmm. And so I ran to my bedroom and I switched my rings out because they needed clearing. And I grabbed my onyx and my amber. And then that heart necklace I bought in Oregon has a, a garnet. That's a really good protective stone as oh, well. Wow. I tell you, whoosh, it immediately switched the minute I got things on. So we were going to do a podcast fit check. Oh, yes mostly with our crystals because we are on audio and we are not camera ready (laughs) yeah (laughs) no I'm in my comfies (laughs) oh me too leggings I've got my I like tight orbs oh my gosh hoodie on the awake space astrology podcast sweatshirt yeah it's a really comfy hoodie oh and uh fluffy slippers perfect for moon and Taurus right and uh all my jewelries plus my the regular necklace i always wear with it's got a lot of protective stones i should probably i don't want to take it off though it's hard to get back on yeah but uh but yeah i'm also wearing my protective jewelry what you uh, got on rounding um okay so i've got my mom's ring that is like gold she had a bunch of gold melted down and i i wear this all the time and I don't know. It just makes me feel like connected to my mom, I guess. Um, mm. And then I've got my obsidian um, ring that I wear like all the time. And then I'm also wearing my onyx bracelet and um, a tiger's eye bracelet. It just feels grounding. Um, and then I've got a Larimar ring on and that kind of it's blue. So I just associate blue with like calming so I'm mm-hmm. wearing that and then um, my great grandma's ring. So I, I always wear this one too. It just, I love her and um, I miss her. So um, it helps bring me that feeling of like being connected to her. And so, yeah, my protection Aww. crystals. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then I'm wearing my leggings and sweatshirt and slippers. So cozy perfect yep (laughs) perfect for the Taurus moon we're being comfy exactly yeah I love that yeah so a lot of times people want to associate astrology and crystals and you can you Mm -hmm. can there's there's a lot of old information around it Mm -hmm. um it's almost like I try not to mix my metaphors in in metaphysics um just because of the way my brain works but you don't have to look at the moon and go oh i must have a stone for taurus or i must have a stone for scorpio or i must have a tone stone for aries or whatever you don't have to do that no. um you can just be like uh oh, well with the moon being you know waxing full in taurus having some jewelry on would be good you know Mm -hmm. and understanding crystals which is a separate subject metaphysically will help um Mm -hmm. and so having your protection stones on and um is is very useful Mm -hmm. Uh, 
there nice used to be them. a book. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I see these crystals as almost like a reminder, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, I mean, I envision like the beach ball around me and like that being like a protection. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, the visual representation helps mm-hmm. remind me a little bit. Yes. Yeah, visual. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. There is energetic resonance with crystals. You know, mm-hmm. I've always felt that I worked with crystals a lot when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um because I needed them because I was the <laughs> least grounded human being on the planet. <laughs> I know people would be like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> she was up in the ether. Oh, um, wow. And so I worked a lot with crystals um, when I was around your age. Yeah. Um, and really crystals got into them. My... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris- crystals were like my gateway when I was mm-hmm. a teenager, I think. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. always very drawn to them. Um, were you saying something about a book before I interrupted? Yeah, um, I believe it's like Love is in the Earth was the name of it. And it was, it's out of print now. Oh. I need to see if my son still has all of my books and go get them. Yeah, your um, library. My library, because it's worth a bloody fortune. Because um, <laughs> almost all of them are out of print. Oh. <laughs> I bought that one new um back in 99 I think but um I'm so old but yeah so having having an understanding of the properties helps mm-hmm. um but I think human beings have always just hey that rock feels good mm-hmm. right you know so it's funny because when I was like I don't know, probably like six, seven, eight, nine. Like I collected just rocks that I would find, like mm-hmm. cool rocks that I thought were shiny or like pretty or whatever. Um, and it's just funny that it's carried over into adulthood. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, kids are so in tune. Yeah. Kids kids are so in tune and they don't think about is this the rock? Is this the special rock? They know the special rock when they find yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, All vibes. Yeah, all vibes, all mm-hmm. vibes. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. We don't get to talk enough. I know our sleeping schedules are so different. <laughs> they are very different. We'll try to get get me on a better better schedule. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> try and stay up later. <laughs> right. So, um, your readings have been good. Yes, they have. I love. I just, I don't know. It just brings such a, like, good feeling. Um, and not in, like, a, like, it's selfish just for me type of way, but, like, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm helping people is, like, what feels really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a damn good astrologer. <laughs> Thank um, you. I, I I know they're good. People be like, if you guys haven't talked, how do you know they're good? Because when clients send a thank you message... I, know. I see them. <laughs> so we just got another one. Yes, that was a very sweet message. It's just always mm-hmm. means so much. Because um, I feel like I think about the people that I read for, for like, you know, months afterwards. <laughs> They're in my brain. I'm always like sending good, good energy and hoping they're doing okay. Because I know we've talked about this before, but like, we just get so deep in the readings and then it's like, all right, well, 
all the good energy. Bye. You know, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why feedback is great. We love updates when people yes. give us an update. I love that. I don't think people always realize it. It's like, yeah, I'm busy and maybe I won't reply to the email right away, but I'll see it and I'll be like, mm -hmm. oh my God, that uplifted me. Uh, yep. So there's a lot of energy that goes into this. So it's nice mm -hmm. to know when you're of service to somebody. Yeah, definitely. So before we talk about the full moon, let me ask, is it, have you run into any new good books or have you been just looking at anything or have you just been riding the cosmic tide um you know I've been I don't know if it's like just a focus issue like my attention span I just like I've been trying to read books but nothing is sticking so I'm not forcing it so I've just been kind of riding the waves and um mm -hmm. I've been more in like an observational mode lately where it's like nice I think about astrology all day long. And so it's interesting. Like when I'm um, working out or exercising, that's when I feel like I get like my juiciest like breakthroughs when I'm thinking about astrology and um, yeah, just like throughout the day and like interacting with people when I know their charts. Like I just, I have like a, a notes app actually that's like observations that I like think about throughout the day. So yeah, just in more of an observation mode lately rather than like trying to read and process Prior knowledge. So yeah. you're 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 um compiling oh yeah know, and, and sorting all the information you've you have absorbed and applying it now. I love that. Yeah. That's great. It's literally called random thoughts in my notes app. I have it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, when I say everything is reflected with the you know astrology reflects everything everything is astrology so no matter what we're talking about there'll be you know I, we can find the astrological moment you know mm -hmm. and yeah. i love that you you're there mm -hmm. you're there yeah, yeah. i just uh -huh. feel like it's it's literally like a language that i am fluent in or getting more fluent and I I think you're pretty damn fluent <laughs> just it's just time under the belt at this point my dear yeah just like yeah definitely like thinking in that language now and like um it's literally with me in everything that I do and I just I see it everywhere and um I don't know I just I love it <laughs> right I don't care I love it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I love that Will Will um, Ferrell meme. That's <laughs> just so funny. Yeah. Anywho, full moon. Mm -hmm. Full moon. Yeah, it's been intense. Yeah, yeah. The waxing gibbous days was fairly unrelenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like a. I don't know. There's a lot of Scorpio energy right now too. And I think that's <laughs> a lot of the intensity and um You will transform. Yes. It feels like we're all like having like all that pressure and we're like being formed into our unique diamonds. Um mm -hmm. that's kind of how I think of like when things feel really intense, I'm like, 
I keep in mind like the diamond, you know, we're being formed mm-hmm. into our own diamond. Mm-hmm. We are. Absolutely. It takes a hell of a lot of pressure. Yep. <laughs> and we are having to transform right now. We're watching. Remember, I've been saying, you know, the old playbook isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're really seeing that play out. It, it's It's not working. I mean, and they're still stubbornly going forward with it. Mm-hmm. But it's really not going to play out well, you know. I think I think I think it'll resolve a little bit, but yeah, know, not quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. But uh, now this is hitting your twelfth house, or yes, it's in my twelfth house right now, and um, yeah. My 12th house is like massive. It's like 46 degrees. So nice. (laughs) A conga line of transiting (laughs) planets in there. (laughs) Right. That's why you're such a good mystic. Oh. That's where your south node is too. But this isn't touching your south node, right? That's further down. No. Yeah. It's like 10 degrees away. So. Okay. Oh, wait. Do you have Uranus on it? Um, Uranus is like six degrees away. I think right now. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's been it's been there for a while <laughs> <laughs> wow and you took mediumship classes and tarot classes that's a shack yep uh, that's good and you know i became an astrologer during this transit so it's been right and became an cool. astrologer yeah just a little metaphysical yeah oh wow <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what happens when mars hits your north node I know. That's okay. like yeah. another thing for me to observe. Right. <laughs> I I has ideas, but Ooh. we'll talk about that in private. Ooh. Um, because you'll be like, no. <laughs> like, yes. oh, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lori, no. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh it is a big old full moon. The thing with the full moon chart that got me was the mercury mars opposition to jupiter yeah because it's so close um you know that opposition to jupiter with jupiter being you know six degrees away from the full moon and it's actually five degrees and some change that's that's close enough we would not want the moon conjunct jupiter for this no Um, (laughs) that would give us the scenario we don't want Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's it's it, it's revealing mm-hmm. so much and i'm curious to see what gets revealed <clears throat> over the next couple of days we'll probably won't hear about anything till monday mm, but yeah. which is when the moon i think the moon will be on uranus monday morning i have to look but uh it's intense yeah. And every energy worker I know, you know, and I know some heavy hitters, mm-hmm. um, everybody is getting smacked right yeah. now. Cause, and it's not a sign you don't know what you're doing. I think people don't often understand that. It's you will deal with energy no matter. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter what you studied. doesn't matter what you know. Yeah. It is Monday morning. Well, Sunday night. 
Sunday night, late, 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 um, early hours of Monday morning on the West Coast and in Europe. And um, so more daytime in Europe and the Middle East, there's going to be some surprising events. Mm-hmm. We'll hear about it in the news. Mm-hmm. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Maybe um, it could be a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I think we'll see both. I think, you know, there's always both going on. You mm-hmm. know, I give the headlines and try to give people a heads up for what might not be pleasant, but on a pleasant side, there's always stuff and we have to look for that too, you know? Yeah. Um, there might be like on a fun side, there might be like a new hot recipe that comes out for the holidays that just blows people's minds, you know? <laughs> um, and that sounds frivolous and silly in a world that, you know, people are aware of suffering at the moment. Um <clears throat> Because, especially because of the scale mm-hmm. and because of the use of technology for people to be able to see what's going on. There's, there's a lot more of that also happening around the world that we don't see. Yep. Um, but there are always people who rise up into the best of themselves in any situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, stress shows the best and the worst of us. Yep. And sometimes the same person, you know, the same person can pull it together and do something really incredible. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you know, the stress will get to them and and they do a jerky thing. And that's human. Mm-hmm. That's human. Um, mm-hmm. This idea that we're supposed to be consistent and standardized and always always measured no no ups and downs modern psychology has really you know if you think about it from especially in the west in western european culture that idea of having strong emotions you know ah it makes you unstable Mm -hmm. or it could make you a healthy human being who has Mm -hmm. feelings that need to be processed occasionally yeah Yeah. so there there will be there will be stories of and this is globally this could be in the states this could be in china this could be in south america this could be in um the indian ocean this could be coming out of the middle east this could be um out of europe russia you know wherever you live because remember we've got listeners all over the world um Mm -hmm. You will hear stories of extraordinary courage. You will hear stories of good Samaritans um, helping their fellow humans. You will hear of probably animals doing good things too. You know, we might hear stories about um, livestock acting kind of interesting, you know, um, donkeys and cows (laughs) and horses and you know, keep your eye on TikTok on Sunday night. You might see some really interesting animal videos of mm-hmm. animals displaying cognizance or sentience in a way that humans think, oh, that doesn't happen. But it, I don't know if you pay attention to animals, you know, you know, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But um, 
there could be all manner of things. It's always a mixed bag. Um, so I got asked a question yesterday and I was a little annoyed because I was fired up <laughs> and I did answer it on the live, but I thought this was a good question for you. Somebody said, give me hope. And of course I was annoyed because I'm like, I can't, <laughs> am I going to give you hope? Um, <clears throat> but and hope is important to hold on to. How do mm -hmm. you hold on to hope, Mackenzie? It's a good question. Um, I think in circumstances like this, um, I mean, you definitely are one of those people that gives me hope. Um, just seeing like how passionate you are. Uh, oh my gosh, why am I getting teary? Um, Aww. <laughs> are you gonna make yeah, me um, just looking for people that really care in the world who are continuing to strive to make the world a better place and um, seeing those people that don't give up um, really helps um, when you feel like giving up, you know, um, it's kind of like a looking to community as well that really helps um, staying connected to people who are like-hearted and um, just realizing that um, even in this moment, if it doesn't feel okay, like these moments pass and like those feelings of heaviness um, don't last for long. And um, yeah. I always think of like, it's like a, those cheesy quotes, um, the storm can't last forever. Look for like the rainbow afterwards or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Just well, like, they feel cheesy when you're in a shitty mood. You know, yeah, like, yeah right. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm feeling right. It. It's never going to be okay again. And and in that moment, you're not wrong because you're in that moment. You know, that's yeah. really accepting. Like when you're in grief or horror or sadness or frustration, maybe when we feel powerless, because I think we all, you know, we all are powerless to big events um yeah. and it's hard because we we want to do something because we're so we live in such a martian you know world where we overemphasize action mm -hmm. you know we overemphasize defense yep. um regardless of of what people's opinions are on the situation when i've been hearing the language used we're defending ourselves you know we're mm -hmm. And I'm I'm looking at Mercury and Mars in Scorpio, right? <laughs> um, and being a Scorpio rising, um, when I was young, I hit first and asked questions later, mm -hmm. you know, because I had been so harmed and mm -hmm. was in constant trauma and pain. And so I was very quick to, if somebody looked at me or I thought they looked at me wrong, I was really like, boom, you know, mm -hmm. um, was it right? No, no, it was not. I have some very funny stories related to it, but I was never in the right in those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, it was understandable because of the yeah. trauma that had been suffered, you know, but it wasn't, there wasn't a good reason other than that. Um, and some of these people <laughs> had nothing to do with the problem. <laughs> so um, 
I'm hearing that language and it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's, and the, where I'm hearing it justified, you know, in various, you know, whoever's justifying it wherever. And I'm not just talking about Israel, Palestine. There's that language is kind of pervasive at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, it, we have yet to really, um, we, we've so, diminish the energy of venus to the to our detriment mm -hmm. you know understanding that it's a magnet and and you can push away as much as pull in with a magnet and through our social cultural programming and the emphasis of mars mm -hmm. um, to our detriment um we want to take action and we feel like supporting someone isn't enough by saying hey i'm gonna uplift you you know i'm gonna hold you up i'm gonna pass the mic um i'm going to put the spotlight on you i'm going to you know it, it being it feels too passive it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like it's enough but it may be exactly right yeah you know to mm -hmm. to so be supportive and kind and loving yeah. Um, you know, so those are things to remember over the next couple of days as we get Mercury off Mars. Yeah, I think that'll help <laughs> with the crunch. And before anybody thinks I'm talking about their personal placements, I am not. <laughs> I gave birth to a child with Mercury conjunct Mars. <laughs> it's a wonderful placement transit energy is different than mm -hmm. natal energy and we talked about that in the patron only podcast and we answered a question um let me speaking of and speaking of resilience and hope and not giving up we talked about Brittany on that podcast oh yes <sighs> A very interesting person and been through a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she has. And I held a really firm line that I wasn't going to do Britney's chart in public mm -hmm. um, because she's always been exploited. Um, yeah. But she's put her book out now. <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but what was that? Oh, I was going to ask, did you get the book? I haven't yet, but I've been seeing so many TikToks of like, you know, little expert excerpts in um yeah it sounds it sounds interesting I definitely want to read it cool <laughs> somebody asked if I was going to read it I'm like probably not um, yeah I support her as a human being let's put it that way I've always mm -hmm. felt bad for Miss Brittany yeah. um I've got the chart up I know you have the chart up too so we talked about it with Jen and Casey in the patron-only podcast. We're not going to talk about it too much here on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about this just a little bit before we go to some Q&A. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a separate recording file, and then we'll put your thoughts into the patron-only. Okay. Because again, I still, I don't know, when I look at her chart, I just, 
the only person who has a right to expose her is herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- It'd be so fun if she like came to you for a reading. <laughs> that would be fun. What if she came to you though? Um, I don't know how I would be able to handle that. <laughs> I like, I'm not even kidding. I literally was her biggest fan when I was little. Like I had a Britney Spears backpack. I had all these, all of her CDs and I was like five. So it's just so funny. Aww. And looking at her chart, her ascendant is conjunct my son. So that's funny. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, um, what do you see in her chart um, that you think gives her some resiliency? Um, Definitely that Pluto in the first house. um, Mm -hmm. She has a ton of power. um, And I Mm -hmm. think that might be why um, those authority figures might have tried to like control her. Mm -hmm. Um, They definitely sensed that power in her and um, Mm -hmm. I think she has been manipulated a lot and so um mm-hmm. yeah I definitely yeah. think that Pluto gives her a ton of resilience um mm-hmm. the ability to bounce back after you know every little setback and um and even some big ones I mean yeah and also yeah. that Mars in the 12th house mm-hmm she might not even know where it comes from with that energy. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, just to explain to our listeners, she's she's got a Libra rising mm-hmm. and she has Pluto and Libra in the first. She has Saturn and Libra in the first and she has a Virgo Mars in the 12th. Mm-hmm. Virgo Mars are very precise people. You know, their their yeah. actions are precise. And and we kind of talked about that in the patron only podcast about like I can see her choreography in this chart. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, <clears throat> especially with, you know, the moon in Aquarius, you know, that that's ensemble work, you know. Yeah. So um, but yeah, she was so exploited. She wasn't allowed to have boundaries, really. Her boundaries were, you know, she was told what she could have a boundary about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so very, very bright person. Very smart. Yeah. I love that Mercury-Uranus conjunction in that third mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. why she has remained so relevant. Like, she just keeps innovating and adjusting and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she definitely can think outside the box with that placement. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed by people, and I'm always kind of surprised by fan bases anyway. Mm-hmm. Not being a, you know, I mean, obviously when I was a young person, there was pop culture, you know, for me, mm-hmm. but I've not been a huge pop culture person. And um, <clears throat> the people who were disappointed, like after she got her freedom, that she didn't just go on tour. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. she doesn't owe you that. <laughs> no, not you at know, all. If you want to be compassionate for her, maybe let her be. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so where's this full moon hitting her? Let's see, eighth house. 
Mm. Oh, wow. Thanks. Interesting. I'm like thinking about her book and mm -hmm. I wonder looking at her transits <laughs> envisioning yeah. the third eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Me too. That's why I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> All that Scorpio in her second house. Mm -hmm. Huh. I wonder if she really sees like like now that people are making content about her book or whatever, maybe it gets back to you know, she's a lot more I think she knows she's supported, but I think there's a jadedness there because people only see certain aspects of her so by this you know by her revealing her her story yeah um maybe she's maybe there's some catharsis with that and maybe just having the support yeah that she's seen as human not just a dancing machine yeah <clears throat> well like being able to finally like give her point of view and share mm -hmm. some of those things that nobody else knew about before and that people mm -hmm. just like wrongfully assumed about her um mm -hmm. that might help with her self-worth <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and it could be healing as well with that mm -hmm. eighth house oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah very healing very transformative yeah mm -hmm. Ooh, we'll now talk i really want to read it <laughs> right well we'll do that for patrons yeah okay and then we'll do that for patrons okay so i thought we'd answer just a couple of um astrology q a together yeah i yeah. love questions and, and then we'll do more for the patron only so let me go find those. Da, da, da. Keep them busy. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll sing a Britney yeah, song. She's so yeah. lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, did I quit out of it? Uh, I did. Well, I'm not editing this. So let <laughs> me go. I wonder if her Libra rising too is what helps make her like stay likable and I'm imagining her with like mm -hmm. in those talk shows and like her interviews she's just so like warm and charming you know yeah it's a definitely it's kind of a um there we go look at that <laughs> I've whittled down all the questions. Um, no, Libra, you're kind of trained to um, shows a training, but also just a natural propensity for charm. It's mm -hmm. like a, it's like you know, our physical bodies also include defense, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that for Libra, the defense is charm. Yeah. Putting That's people at ease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh.
So we've got a question from Soul. Um, hi, Laurie. What placements would favor a career in translation? Hmm. Well, I'm going to say before I throw this to McKinsey, <laughs> it is not, I, I, astrology is not monolithic. As in, we can say, yes, if you had um, Sagittarius, Mercury, and you liked languages, not every Sagittarius Mercury is going to like language or other cultures. Same with Ninth House. Mm -hmm. um, those, those would be places we could look to start. Mm -hmm. um, but you, you could have a uh, Mercury in Aries in the fourth house and still be a translator. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we look to Mercury. That would be one thing. We'd look at somebody's Mercury, how it's placed, how it's, you know, um, aspected. What else would you look for, Mackenzie? Um, maybe Jupiter placement as well. Um, uh, yeah, definitely like what's in the sixth house. Definitely Mercury and aspects to that. Yeah. Tenth house midhaven. I mean, sorry, the midheaven um in Gemini. Yeah. Or Sag. You know, mm -hmm. but it could be another, it depends on what the dispositors are. Mm -hmm. There's no cut in, we can't, you know, I could be a I could make so much more money if I would just give you pat answers, but astrology yeah. doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'd just be giving bad information. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's kind of like pop astrology like do mm. you have a mercury and sagittarius you're going to be a translator like right it's not that yeah <laughs> it's it's not oh this is a good one this is also from soul could you talk about how the moon represents the mother in the chart please <laughs> so that is a very traditional interpretation okay so from early on whether you know, go back to mesopotamia the sun often represented the father and or masculine energy as in creative energy as in we could say like god the father okay the moon represented feminine energy the mother goddess mm -hmm. okay so that's where that comes from and it always in like when i'm looking at somebody's chart the moon always represents the maternal line physically the maternal line it always even if the mother isn't in the picture okay let's say mm -hmm. somebody was adopted the maternal line physically is still represented there. Mm -hmm. It also represents whoever raised you, including your father. If you had a single father, okay, that father can be both the moon and Saturn in a chart. Mm -hmm. Because we're looking at different layers of expression. So there's the biological side, and there's the um, 
emotional side, the nurturing side, the tending side. And so what do I say, Mackenzie? How, how does that work? What have you learned on this one? Papa. So, but it, it's not necessarily the mother. Um, it can be, you know, mother, father, um, grandma, whoever, mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. relationship with the more nurturing parent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we can see that. So that's that's how the moon represents the mother. That's that's part of it. Um, mm -hmm. But again, not always, because in the modern era, there's lots of different ways families operate. So that's just you have to be open to it. Mm -hmm. You know. So again, that. The more we we advance our understanding of the world and life and how it works and how it doesn't work, the more we see like a lot of traditional cultural ideas are very set in stone and they're very stagnant. Um, and they are they they can be changed. We used to think a lot of things were irrefutable, and they're not. You know, mm -hmm. so um, our understandings will change. But when we get into like like if we were looking, if I was looking at somebody and I saw maybe a potential health crisis that might be related to um, something that was hereditary, you know, I would go down that rabbit hole mm -hmm. so, of, of the biology. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And don't ask me questions about medical astrology patrons because I'm not going to mm -hmm. answer it. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I mean... I was just thinking like nurturing parent, like who do you go to in the middle of the night when you have a bad dream? Like that's like mm -hmm. the nurturing parent, you know, who calms you? Exactly. Okay. I've got a question from Andrew here. Let's see. You did ask about pets, Andrew. He says in a previous question, I asked about pets and White House six, as we now know. I'm curious about this time. What oh, what I'm curious about this time is what planets or signs influence the type of pets people are more inclined to go towards. For instance, what might influence getting cats or dogs to exotic pets or birds, reptiles or farm animals, or even the extremely exotic, dangerous or illegal pets of chimps, oh. big cats, <laughs> bears, and so on. Ah. <sighs> hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. It could be like the sign on the house, mm -hmm. any mm -hmm. planets mm -hmm. in there. But mm -hmm. I found like, like even if somebody has like, I don't know, like a Aquarius on the sixth house, they might be drawn to like exotic pets or like unique, mm -hmm. different kinds of animals. Um, mm -hmm. But like, even in my readings, I, I'll bring it up and I'll ask and like, they'll be mm -hmm. like, no, I just have a cat. Mm -hmm. So it's not always, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, it's not always, yeah. Again, people aren't um, monoliths, but they might like really like those kinds of animals, but mm -hmm. they know they don't want to take care of them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I really want, I really love seahorses. Yeah. I 
I just have never done a tank because I'm like, I don't know that I could keep them alive. Do I have the attention and the commitment level to, to take care of a saltwater tank like that? Maybe I could, I don't know, but <laughs> You've got I, I haven't done it, but I love them. Mm -hmm. I think they're yeah. cool, but I do tend to like cuddlier animals and I have tourists on the success. No. So my animals. I just realized Malcolm is a Taurus, and it falls he in. He is. Your I love that. Right, and he's so cuddly. Oh, so cuddly. Although I do, I'll and the cats I've had um, mm -hmm. that were my cats, they were cuddly too, on their terms, but cuddly nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think you'd look at the sign. I think you'd look at, um. I need to make a note. I think this would be a fun thing to explore. Um, even like 12th house would play into like mm -hmm. the illegal pets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like big, yeah, big animals. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Well, and like my daughter has Aquarius on her sixth house and she has a zoo. Yeah, she does. <laughs> They're all wonderful. I had the most amazing grand animals. Oh. Birds and different kinds of birds and dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. and... But she's yeah. also a Virgo, so she's a tender <laughs> and a taker carer. <laughs> yes. And let me tell you, they're all beautifully taken care of too. But that's a really good question. I'm not gonna get rid of that one because I wanna come back to it and I have an idea for like, like an article or something. Ooh. Maybe. Guys can start submitting more questions, guys, because uh, this will help. Maybe I'll do just a singular post of say, give me your questions, because we're we're down to almost under twenty. These are fun. All right. So this is from Ostrid. Does the transiting sun moving into conjunction with your natal planets or luminaries somehow highlight or intensify those placements? Oh, interesting. Well, what about the moon? Well, what have you learned, Ms. McKenzie? Um, with the sun transiting any planets, it's definitely energizing those planets a little bit more. Um, and it only lasts a day. So it's something that like you might notice, like you're more talkative one day and it's because like the sun is conjunct your Mercury, um, depending on like house placement. But yeah, I definitely feel like when a sun is, the sun is transiting a planet or anything, it's kind of like a, I almost imagine like a spotlight and like, you know, the spotlight's warmer and mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. then with the moon, yeah, that's kind of like, those are faster. So um, I think of it as like um, more of an attention on that planet or mm -hmm. that house, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll often say that it, that transit is activating a placement. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not that they're dormant, but it's just, it, it's just getting souped up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. 
and and the transit you'll feel the approach you know so like you know usually around eight degrees you might start like if the sun is is moving towards your mercury or your sun or you know like right before your birthday it'll mm -hmm. you'll start feeling it and it really depends on how your planets are aspected in your house you can't just say oh the moon the moon or the sun is coming towards my venus it's going to be a great day yeah if you've got natally other stuff happening there so like i have venus square pluto in my chart mm -hmm. I thought I was broken and astrology wasn't really good because when I started learning about transits, you know, when something started aspecting my Venus, especially when I was younger, before I did a lot of the other metaphysical work of, or the internal work, um, those could be crunchy. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, why is my Venus broken? Yeah. <laughs> it's not broken and it can be a very powerful transit. It's just it's probably not wearing pink and you know mm -hmm. having scarves and ribbons and dancing around the maple yeah. um it's usually a little more intense and very alchemical so you have to look at what's going on in your chart too you can't just say oh the sun's coming towards my sun this is gonna be a great day like it's my birthday <laughs> and when i was a kid like until i was like maybe 19 like from birth there was always something happened on my birthday i'd be like i had chicken pox on my birthday i had the month no the months was easter i had mm -hmm. chicken pox on my birthday i had um i burned my hand on my birthday i sprained my ankle on another birthday I, it it was not always my solar return was not always fun as mm -hmm. a kid i often was ill mm -hmm. i had a lot of illnesses but my son was both supported and stressed so nothing killed me <laughs> but it tried so it just depends you know and and again somebody might think oh oh no something's going to transit my saturn oh god no it's going to be hard and it ends up being like the best freaking day yeah. because depends on how your saturn is aspected so don't don't fear the reaper guys yeah a little bit blue oyster cult reference more cowbell I'm pleasantly surprised when i'm like like i try and have no expectations for transits and just kind of experience them as they play out and so i'm always like pleasantly surprised when a transit over saturn is like oh that was actually a really good day <laughs> right see it just depends on how things are aspected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that whole, that's why I don't like the benefic and malefic and, and it's not like they don't play out like when we're looking at mundane astrology, but in natal astrology, you have so much agency and free will. You know, mm -hmm. the thing is, is why was, and you'll be like, but your birthday, Lori. Hey, listener, let me explain. I was a kid and I didn't have any agency yeah. and all that stuff was representative of the other stressors going on in my life. Mm. Once I left home at 18, I never got sick on my birthday again. In fact, I hardly got sick at all. It was a, my immune system was shot due to trauma 
Yeah. And the environment. Yeah. So now I look forward to every birthday. Yeah. It's very nice not to be sick. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually a really good question from Lo. And I think well, this will be our last question, and then we'll record a little bit of the the patron only segment. So if you guys want to hear Magic McKinsey's uh, <laughs> full take on Britney, you'll have to mm-hmm. listen to part two of the mm-hmm. podcast over at the Awake Space Patreon. All right. So Lowe asks, I read that twenty two degrees in your chart means something quite dark. That can't be right, right? I have 22 degrees Scorpio 6th house, 22 degrees Aquarius 10th house, and now I also have some anxiety. Oh, no. We love some nuance in this. I love your podcast. We love you, Lo. Mackenzie, <laughs> have at this one. You know my drill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, degree theory is not, um, I think it it just feels so made up and um, it has no merit. Um and with the 22 degrees, I think it's like, it's like kill or be killed. Like something yeah. so dramatic. Yeah. Like, who made that up? Um, and then spread it. And then on TikTok, it spread like wildfire because it's like one of those things, like clickbait almost. It start it started on Facebook, but there's there was a guy who came up with it. He was Eastern European. I can't remember his name now. Cause when I one of my early TikToks, I was making fun of degree theory. <laughs> and somebody came on he passed away would you would you tell him to his face if he was still alive and I was like yes yeah. <laughs> I would because it's make it fit the degrees themselves have no divinatory meaning and it mm-hmm. really doesn't bear out and his the argument was he looked at 1500 serial killers charts and I was like that's and yeah and 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 no it's still not enough it's not i get really annoyed even at psychological studies that use like oh we studied 300 people i'm like there's 8 billion on this planet nice no you know it's it's not a good sample um and who were all those people what were their environments and why would you just look at serial killers to get information um you want to look at an overall you know, a very nice sample of people. Um, You know, so no, 22 degrees does not mean anything other than it's 22 degrees. Degrees in astrology are directional. They show the only thing divinatory we use is looking at the maturity of the energy. So zero degrees to about eight degrees up to 10 well really up to nine zero to nine degrees is showing more potential energy the middle degrees are showing you know kind of like a firmly set um energy and the later degrees show a mastery of energy there are people who would say they're exhausted that's not how energy works. It's not exhausted. It's not a tea bag. <laughs> I think, oh my God, we dunked it in the hot water too much. No, that's not it. There's a mastery of the energy. Uh-huh. Um, 
So you come in really good at that energy. Basically, you you exhibit that energy strongly. Whereas zero degrees, you also exhibit it strongly, but it's a little wilder. It's a little bit more like a pinball. It can, you know, the ball can go anywhere, you know. Yeah. So you're you're it's very expressive and dynamic. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's less settled. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's that, yeah. But, but I feel like with these like degree theories, just like when you read it, how does it feel in your body? Like, does that feel true? Like I just, mm -hmm. when I heard about it, I was like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's not. It doesn't bear out over, over time. Um, mm -hmm. We use the degrees to find the relationship between the other planets and the aspects. You know, that's mm -hmm. the math of it. But degrees, you know, you have to remember an astrology chart is a map of the sky. You can use it directionally. We know where north is, south is, east is, west is, you know, south by southwest and north by northeast. We can see all those directions in the chart. And mm -hmm. that's what these these are for, you know, um, because astrology was not about personality until the 19th century. Not really. It was really about timing, opportunity, and mundane you know, but, but, you know, there might've been a little personality stuff starting in the 1500s, maybe, maybe, well, maybe the 1300s in the Ottoman empire, but it wasn't, it wasn't psychological. It would have been more like, uh, is this a good time to get married? You know, it was all really about timing. Mm -hmm. It was really about timing, you know, um, who's my enemy, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be like your mother-in-law. I knew it. You know, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a good question though i hope you feel better Lo, and anybody else listening degree theory is just ridiculous it's it's not good astrology it's just not yeah. it's it, this is the math it's the math and that's assigning meaning i mean you could assign meaning but why can't we assign other meanings i could say 22 degrees means it's it, you like chocolate instead of pistachio uh -huh. And it would be just as relevant as saying it's dark and horrible. So, yeah. yeah. Now I have and 20 I, I could... degrees in my chart. Oh, yeah. My and Uranus. Yes. Of course it's Uranus. I know. I don't it bump. Anus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're bad. We're bad. Oh, I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> Guys, I just want to remind you, it's crunchy. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourselves. Eat something comforting. Have some emergency carbs on hand. Yes. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for being on the show, Mackenzie. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. All right. You guys can book with Mackenzie. She's got spots open. You want to book up. Um, if you're a patron, um, don't forget to use your October spooky code. I was going to do a lot more stuff for spooky season, but it just didn't feel right this year. Spooky enough. But, but you, yeah, there was enough going on. But you can um, redeem your special savings as a patron. That works on McKenzie readings, too. So do it. It runs out. 
And that's a wrap for episode 47 of season three of the Awake Space Astrology podcast. You can join me next week for episode 48, and we'll be talking about how Saturn stationing direct is going to impact us all. We've got some big energy coming around the corner, including Mars being opposite Uranus with the new moon on November 13th. So you need to tune in to stay up to date as we move through the cosmic tsunami. Until then, be well, take care. And if you want more details about what's coming up uh, politically and geopolitically, I'm giving much more detail in the patron-only podcast that's coming out on Tuesday. <laughs>